This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Peter Blaskowski. Hmm. How do you spell that? B as in boy. L-A-S-K-O-W-S-K-I. Hmm. Comma, Peter. <laughs> All right. Um, what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? That one's a long answer, unfortunately. I've done just about everything over the years except the event director. I mean, we've done... We actually came up with a little list, but taught, competed, uh, taught all over North America. Europe was a part of Doug and Jackie's stable for a while and taught at Doug and Jackie events for a while and Mm -hmm. the marathon and all over there. Uh, Beth, my wife, and I taught together. We taught adult line dance classes, children's line dance classes. We were doing six classes a week at one point um, through community education and local bars and so forth. Uh, we judged competitions both in dance and choreography. We've competed in choreography. We competed in dancing both as solo and duo. Uh, competed at Worlds as solo and duo. Um, we ran the score room in the back the back room where the videographers put out the event uh, workshop videos. I was a presenter at the Crystal Boot Awards one year. He gave an award to Peter Metelnik and Allison Biggs for some dance they wrote. I don't remember the details, but it was kind of interesting. Nice. Uh, I, I believe you interviewed Pedro. Yes, um, Pedro Machado. He told you the story of when he missed the boat in St. Thomas and got stuck there. Somebody had to pick up his classes for the rest of the week on that cruise. That was Beth and I, plus uh, Peter Metelnik. So Peter and Peter took over Pedro's classes for the week. It was sort of convenient. Peter and Beth and Peter. So that worked out okay. Uh, I was a DJ. I've been an MC. We were roadies. We carried speakers. We fixed amplifiers. We. I'm an electrical engineer by degree, so I'm also. I'm also. You know, I can solder a transistor with the best of them. Nice. Um, Currently, I'm teaching a not teaching, just substitute teaching in a very small class in a senior center. Hmm. Their regular teacher is a snowbird. So hmm. in the winter, we're from Minnesota. In the winter, she's in Florida. And typically, her class will either just close down for the winter or they'll sort of pick it up themselves. Well, this winter, I'm handling the classroom every week. I go dance with the ladies at the senior center for three hours. Hmm. It's a lot of fun doing that. Cool. And uh, the teacher's name is Dolly. Dolly will be back in month or two from snowbirding it and then she'll take over her class again so all of that's in the past mm. currently i'm the curator of the world's largest archive of online dance step sheets mm. line dance step sheets and it's called of course kick it kick it.to mm. how did that get started originally is when we started taking lessons well first of all beth and i our first lessons in uh Okay, interesting backstory. I heard your review, interview with Lynn Card last week. And she said you used to dance. She used to dance at Gatlin's at the Mall of America mm. on Saturdays. I used to dance at Gatlin's at the Mall of America on Saturdays, and Beth did as well. None of us knew each other back then. We all danced the same place at the same time, but there was a barroom setting, and we wanted. To, I wanted to take classes in a more of a school setting. You know, go set up, join a 12-week class and show up every week for 12 weeks and Beth took the same class so we met in that class the teacher's name was Dolly and that's whose class I'm taking over while she's snowbirding it so we took the class from Dolly and she would hand out step sheets and then we took the class at Gatlin's and there would be step sheets or we'd go to a bar and there'd be and 
I started collecting these step sheets in books, and after I had about three feet of shelf space with paper, I went, this is ridiculous, I have a computer. So I put them on my computer, and then went, why don't I just put them online and save the space on my computer? So they're just inventing the web just then. So I created a website, sort of copying something that Don Diney was doing in Illinois for my website. And uh, that was it. That was, I couldn't stop then. Mm. Uh, the early websites didn't have search capability. It was just page after page after page. So when they invented searching, then I added search capability to kick it, and then several other people added search capability to theirs as well. And mm. It just snowballed. It's, you know, now it's, it's got Google-like. Kick it now has Google-like search capabilities where you start to type the word and the answers come up without hitting the search button. The answers are there automatically, and everything's sortable and pretty and nice and structured. So it's a whole different world than it was back then. But basically, it's to save myself shelf space. Mm. Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. That's right. <laughs> what makes Kick It different from any other depository of online step sheets? Uh, the main thing is the size. It, um, mm. The other thing I'm doing is it, it, the, making it very, very consistent with the wording. Mm. I'm going through every single step sheet eventually. Um, if anybody wants to help with that, I'd be glad to take volunteers, but converting them to consistent wording. So where some say step right foot forward, and some say step forward with your right foot, and some say there's at least a hundred different ways to say step forward with your right foot, I try to convert them all to the one I've chosen now is step right forward. Simple enough, like John was saying in his uh, choreography class this morning, was that verb, foot, direction, step right forward and the entire website's like that so I will not change someone's choreography but I will change the wording used to describe the steps and as far as I know Kick is the only website that does that that's going for the consistency of wording across the board mm-hmm. is that what is known as Kickish or is that um, different yeah the, the language I'm using sort of the English part of it could be called Kickish there's actually a computer sort of a uh, code all the words are actually coded into computer strings of random looking random looking strings of letters that's the actual kickish and then I pull it out of that and convert it to step right forward or in French blah 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 whatever that is man you know all those all those uh, automatic translations I do don't come from English they come from the hidden computer code behind so but let's just say yeah so, kickish is step right forward. So there's a programming equivalent to the dance steps? Yeah. Like command-wise? It's, it's an encoded version of step right forward. Wow. So it's, you know, it's only six characters long, but so it saves a lot of space saving step sheets in an encoded version. But you can't read them. It's right. just random strings of characters. The computer can read them and convert them back into Translate it to anything whatever. you want. Yeah, it's currently 26 languages wow. on there. So probably about 50,000 of our step sheets are in in that format so they automatically can be translated to 26 different languages so if you count every one of those that's like a million three step sheets that kick it if you don't count them as duplicates which I do so online that's <laughs> really 96,000 step sheets so did you write the uh, the guide that I've seen online yes how to write a step sheet. Yes. Yes. So for the folks who haven't seen it, what, what is contained in that document? Uh, well, if you can find it at kickit.to under the miscellaneous menu. There's four menus across the top of kick, kick It when you go there. Search, submit, depends if you're logged in or not, but the last one is called miscellaneous. And if you look under Kickish there, there's a PDF document there. 
that describes how to write a step sheet, basically. And it's all things I just said. Use consistent wording. Um, make everything make sense. Make it simple. It, it's nice to put in there all the details of what you're doing with your hands and your body and your da-da-da-da. But that's why you get paid the big bucks to be a teacher. Teach that in your class. Don't put that on the step sheet. So it's a 40-page document, I think, that lists the entire vocabulary, basically. I believe on the the last page there's even like a cheat sheet where it has all the basic, the most basic fundamental things you can do and then how those combine into things like a grapevine. Tables of words, lists of words, basically. These are the words you can use. And it comes to less than 100 words. Mm. There's fewer than 100 words in the entire kickish vocabulary, Mm. which is what it should be, right? It should be as simple as it can be the meatiest possible words to convey all the meaning you need to in your step sheet. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you created Kick It to save yourself shelf space. What inspired you to standardize uh, and, and do all the work that that uh, requires? Um, once the, it, the problem with sh- the shelf space is the same problem with disk space. <laughs> Larger files take more disk space and it was costing me a ton. Mm. I mean, I was... Uh, I don't know if I should even mention this, but it's about uh, anywhere between ten and thirty thousand dollars a year to keep that website going. Holy macaroni! And, <laughs> That's quite a bit. <laughs> and because of huge storage space, and to reduce that, I said, "Why don't I take this where it says step forward with your right foot, taking weight onto your right foot, and condense that into six a string of six random-looking characters?" Mm. And so I've just been doing that with all the step sheets, condensing them as much as possible. And it's saved a lot of space. But, of course, now that there's 96,000 step sheets instead of 40,000 when I started doing this, Hmm. it's starting to add up again. Do you go through them all by hand? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I have programs that pull up the easy ones. There's some that are very close to complete, Hmm. you know, 98% kickish. Hmm. All you have to do is save, fix the last 2%. So I have programs that find those and pull them up, and I fix the last little bit, and then it finds the ones that are only 97% kickish and moving, moving through the pile. I'm down to the 90% kickish by now, hmm. but yeah, it gets harder as we go along. Now, as somebody who has dabbled, dabbled, and, and unfortunately not been as diligent as I should um, with Python and Java and JavaScript and a little tiny bit of C. Do you have a favorite language, and what would you recommend? Um, Unfortunately, the way websites are constructed right now, (laughs) the server side is PHP. Mm. The the, uh, client side is JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the package I wrapped the JavaScript in is called Angular, and it's a a whole big thing. You got to know which packages you're using, but in the browser, it's JavaScript. Back out on the server, it's PHP. I'm not saying those are good. I'm not saying those are bad. That's just what everybody uses now. So that's what works. If you know anybody who knows anything about artificial intelligence, Mm. put them in touch with me because I want some way to take these step sheets automatically and convert them so I don't have to sit and look at all these strings. That would be nice. This this weekend, we got stuck in Detroit for a snowstorm, Mm. 24 hours. The step sheets are just piling up. I just cannot keep up. Now, it's, you know, yeah, I work on them every day, and I had to spend the whole day not touching them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is looking scary this weekend. But if I had some artificial intelligence to grab all those step sheets and convert them for me, that'd be great. So anybody knows any AI out there, let me know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Machine learning is, yep. is a powerful tool if you can get the, it to work. What I'm scared of is they'll say, yeah, just convert them all, 
and then we'll feed that into the AI, and then the AI will know what to do. It's like, that doesn't help me. I need to know now. Yeah. So, so you have been all over in line dance. What started it for you? What was, like, the spark where you knew you were in? You were, I, you were a lifer. <laughs> the, I, I don't know if it was a lifer, but our first class with Dolly... It just felt so right. We're just, do- I mean, the line dance just made sense to me. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it's a computer engineering mind or something, but the steps made sense. Uh, I heard Megan talking one week about the shape on the floor. This mm-hmm. one's rectangular. This one's L-shaped. This one has a thing on this side. I really got that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, years, years after that, we went to, uh, back in the early 2000s, we switched over to ballroom. And we taught ballroom. Oh, we should talk about our syllabus. That's a very important thing. But we, we taught ballroom for years. And in ballroom, shape means something completely different. So mm. I would go in and say, what's the shape of this ballroom pattern? And they'd go, I don't know what you're talking about. Shape is what you do with your body, not with the, on the floor. You, know, you mm. shape your body to the left or you shape your body to the right. You don't, it's not the shape of the steps on the floor. That's called alignment. So it's like, oh, i got to learn this whole new vocabulary for ballroom. But, um, yeah, it was that the shape on the floor really impressed me, the way things could fit the music or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, so we started taking these classes and heard about these circuit workshops. There's a circuit that went around Minnesota, um, part of something called Independent Country, and they had events in Dubuque and Minneapolis and went to Fargo and Eau Claire, and there are a lot of cities, Duluth, up in, in that area that we went to these events. And... The competition started, and we went and watched the competition. And on the way drive home, we went, we could do that, right? And so we did. We just started competing. And out of the blue, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. It's competing in dancing and competing in choreography are two completely different worlds, but definitely both worth trying. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. So that when we started competing, then we couldn't quit. Of course, mm-hmm. now you go into UC and you go to Worlds, and then you're noticed, and you start dancing and teaching at the marathon and teaching for Doug and Jackie. And so yeah, we just couldn't quit at that point, and then we quit. So we <laughs> went into ballroom. <laughs> so you mentioned um, that you like the idea that you can fit certain steps to the music. I'm curious, having seen as many step sheets as you have firsthand, mm-hmm. is there any choreographer or a number of choreographers that you especially appreciate for their ability to do that, to find the right steps with the right music and have a nice consistent uh, shape on the floor? Yeah, John Robinson, of course. Joe Thompson, of course. Everybody knows Joe's. I mean, John uses Joe's Dizzy mm-hmm. as an example of the perfect dance, right? It's, there's, uh, yeah, certain choreographers you just trust. Well, of course, I can't possibly forget about Max Perry. Max Perry was our mentor. Um, he absolutely taught us everything we knew. He was our coach for competition. He was everything at the beginning. And it's just a shame he's not around. I mean, he used to come to this event. I, I wish there should be a law that Max Perry must be invited to every event to teach because he just should be. Um, and his, he has this huge, deep ballroom background. And I don't know if you know how ballroom works, but they have a syllabus. And... If you're doing rumba, the first step you learn is the box. Then you learn the underarm turn. Then you learn the crossover break. Then you whatever. And it's these five to ten steps are the bronze level syllabus. You go to a competition, those are the only steps you can use. Don't use anything else or you're disqualified. And so they can judge you on how well you do those steps. 
We saw nothing like that in line dancing. And Max also noticed the loss. So working with Max and various other ballroom people from around the world, we came up with a syllabus for line dancers. That's 200, some 250 patterns in the bronze, about another 200 in the silver, and we haven't yet gotten to the gold yet because we've sort of ran out of steam. Mm. But we have a syllabus of 400 incrementally more difficult line dance patterns that line dancers don't use. We, we taught it around for a couple of years, and the line dancers just said, no, we have no interest in that. Uh, it is being used in ballrooms, though. There are ballroom studios that are using our syllabus to teach line dancing to ballroom dancers because it's all in the ballroom, in, in the ballroom style. They're doing the same Cuban motion in the rumbas. They're doing the same rise fall in the waltzes. Everything that they do in their ballroom, they're just doing it as line dances. Is that the same as the uh, line dancer guide to level definitions that I've seen? I think uh, Max might have put that together where it shows you these are some basic steps that like belong in a beginner dance, but once you get into this combination, then it's more of an improver, then it's more of an, yeah, an intermediate. That was sort of the early separate. version of line dance sport. Line dance sport is way beyond that. If oh. you do the silver uh, amalgamations, you know, we put together these patterns into amalgamations, to do the, sil- the silver amalgamations would probably be rated as fairly high intermediate to advanced line dances. Mm. Most of them we can't do because Beth and I can't do the silver patterns at all. They're way too difficult for most line dancers. So, I mean, there's many, obviously, Roy Verdant could do them you know, with his feet tied behind his back, is that right? <laughs> but uh, most people, most line dancers, um, are more of in that document you're talking about, where the advanced is turning sailor steps kind of thing, you know, that's getting up there in that document, where that's bronze level for us. Where do you find the syllabus? Where where could a person go to look and find it? Linedancesport.com. The the syllabus itself is called Line Dance Sport. In ballroom dancing, they have something called Dance Sport, which is the competition side of ballroom, basically. So we just took everything they did where they said dance sport, we did line dance sport. So they had a line dance sport organization. We have, they have a dance sport organization. We have a line dance sport organization. Sounds um, fair. And, yeah, we took it to, we, we as ballroom dancers, we attended ballroom boot camp, we like to call it. But, uh, you know, go to a week in Las Vegas and just do ballroom training all day, eight, day, eight hours a day for a week. And we actually took our syllabus there with one of our top-notch teachers, and he demonstrated it to the ballroom teachers who were going to that boot camp. And many of them took it back with them and are teaching it in their ballroom studios. It's fairly interesting. We have a set of 16 DVDs. Every single pattern in bronze and silver is on the DVD, just uh, broken down into timing. The timing is slow, quick, quick, slow, quick, quick. The, the steps are forward, side together, forward, side, with the guy demonstrating everyone. The footwork is ball flat, ball flat, ball flat, ball flat, ball flat. You know, he goes through and, and every single one is broken down in every excruciating amount of detail you could possibly need. And it's all on DVDs. Wow. So we produce those DVDs in our little studio. And 
sell them online at lineandsport.com. That sounds like quite a uh, work ethic. Oh, yeah. It was it was a couple of years of a very fun time having this professional ballroom dancer over to the studio and work, work through these patterns. Hmm. And uh, like I said, most of them were originally written by Max, and Max put them on video. Hmm. Just We would come to events like this and go... Like hide in the corner and go, Max. Could you put a couple more on video for us so we get? We don't want to forget what you told us. And then we show this top-notch competitor. He's a what was he? A national champion, basically in cha-cha. Mm-hmm. Um, show him the video, and he'd say, "Oh yeah, I can make that real specifically clean." And then in the same studio with the same lighting and the same costume and the same microphones, week after week after week. So they're very again, the DVDs are very consistent. But yeah, I guess it's a work ethic. Thing. We wanted everything to look like a professional set of syllabus videos, and they certainly do. Mm. Yeah, something that you said that really resonated with me was the idea that, uh, it's like the computer engineer mindset. I really liked, when I first got into line dance, that there were steps that you do, and if you do them, then you're not doing it wrong. Because like when I do partner dancing, I always feel like I'm boring the partner or I'm doing an inside turn and then like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. And then I like freeze. <laughs> but with line dance, I know that if I just do the steps, I can blend in. <laughs> and I, I'm not doing anything that's like beyond the, the, the limits of what's supposed to be done. Right. So I can have fun in my little bubble. Right. That's yeah. the key, is right to have fun within that. Yes. You know, they always say, if, if you don't like electric slide, you're overthinking it. Yeah. Get out there and enjoy it. Yeah, it's not much of a dance, but the things you can do with it in the in the framework of that little dance, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, so yeah, you're exactly right. The, uh, the freedom, once you're given, here's the structure of the dance, now go for it. Whatever you want to do with it, go ahead and do it. That's another one of the things we both enjoy a lot about uh, line dancing. Yeah, and since you've been doing choreography now, and study, it sounds like you're even studying how to do choreography and so forth. I would be willing to bet your partner dancing gets better because you're a chore- you're a choreographer. You're doing choreography on the fly, mm, true. right? The man, man is leading, inventing choreography as he goes. So the better you get at inventing choreography, the better you get at leading. That's true. So. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the really inventive line dancers who come up with these things I never would have thought of like Rachel McEnany for example Rachel McEnany White big west coast swinger like mm-hmm. she she has all these little improvisations that happen when she's doing west coast swing yeah. and I imagine some of that kind of feeds back into her dances where she thinks like oh what did I just do there how did I do that did he lead me into that did I create that? I'm going to put that into my next dance right yeah that's what we're seeing that's what what Max did what Max most the biggest influence Max had on line dancing was took his vast knowledge of ballroom and swept it into line dancing. And then Joe did the same with swing. So that's why Joe is so influential. Joe's swing background, Max's ballroom background, have greatly influenced line dancing. And really, there's been no one else since then. But there are great West Coast swing dancers like Rachel who can add the new, whatever's, you know, there's a lot of new things coming in West Coast swing all the time. They can add that flavor in, and it's nice to see that flavor showing up in line dance as well. That's one of the things that Megan and I have been talking about recently as far as like what it is that we hope to bring into the, the line dance world. And it's one thing when, when line dance is you know, all you're learning from, which is really what was the case for both of us. You, know, you try to see all the different instructors with all their different styles, learn what you can from all of them, but if you really want to bring something new and different... And something that could contribute, almost like your master's thesis, you have to bring something else, something from somewhere else, right. whether it's 
hip-hop like Rebecca Lee or ballet like Fred, you know, they all have this other specialty that we haven't seen as much of that they've specialized in. So they bring that in and then we all benefit. Whereas if we're just learning from everyone else, it's they're not gaining from us because we're just feeding the same thing back to them. Right. Um, there's also a sort of an issue of being too inclusive. So mm-hmm. if, you dis- if you define line dance as a bunch of people doing the same steps in a line than any row of ballerinas is line dancing, mm. right? The waltz of the, what's it called? The waltz of the snowflakes? Mm. In the, you know, all these beautiful women on point wearing tutus doing the same turns, the same line. Uh, not a line dance. Um, one, of, one of the ladies in the senior class I taught said, so Thunder from Down Under is a line dance? <laughs> like, uh, they're doing the same choreography, but I don't think that qualifies as a line dance. So, the, the trick is take what you know from your past, like Max and Joe and Rachel did, and make it fit line dance, not just shoehorn it on this, you know, bolt it on the side and say, this is now line dancing. It's like, nope, that's still ballet. But if you can make that ballet uh, meld well with the line dancing, that's a special talent. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll, that'll hopefully become natural over time. Yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned your senior group, and you also mentioned that you've taught adults and children. Do you have go-to dances that just appeal across the board, or are you more specialized so that the kids tend to learn these dances or the seniors tend to uh, learn these? The kids will learn anything. Um, we just had a blast teaching kids. Uh, Joe and Joe Tango came out while we were teaching the kids. We took them that dance, and they just ate it up. They loved the tango. And we were taking ballroom at the time, too, so we had the, the ballroom technique for tango, which is very stocky, like a leopard. And we had the kids down stalking across the floor as they were doing their tangos. And then they pop and hit those the slow, quick T-A-N-G-O, and you touch together on the O, and they'd hit that pose, and then they'd move. Oh, kids just love tango. Um, merengue. Kids just love merengue. Um enchantment the rumba oh man they could move that rumba it was just so beautiful to watch those kids do that so is there a set of dances we use no um one thing that happens after looking at ninety-six thousand step sheets go across your screen they all kind of look the same and uh it's hard to pick one that's better than the other in fact as i'm evaluating them on my computer. My feet are dancing them under my chair. So I've actually danced all those dances. It actually helps me find mistakes, right? Because I'll go step side with my right under the chair. And the next one says, kick with your right. You go, wait, didn't I just step on my right? How am I? And then I have to evaluate everything around there and find which one of those rights was supposed to be a left. And it's a whole big thing. But uh, what was I talking about? Oh, that set of go-to dances just pick something and dance it and see if it feels right and then move on and so in fact I like to go we have a very short time with the kids it'll be 8 weeks or 10 weeks or something we'll do rumba we'll teach them enchantment has a good rumba box in it has a good uh, turn in it has a couple of nice things there'll be 3 or 4 or 5 patterns next week teach them a different 3 or 4 or 5 patterns so you'd be tempted to build it up here's something with one pattern next week it's that pattern plus another that that plus one plus three plus four plus five we just blast them all out there and they just learn them all so in 10 weeks if they're learning four new patterns a week they learn 40 patterns in 10 weeks and then they're done and they just love it Mm -hmm. so 
I guess you got to make them love it or something. But yeah, no, there isn't really. We don't really have a set of dances. Since I'm not really teaching the senior class, I'm taking over for Dolly. We're doing the class dances that Dolly taught, mm-hmm. plus adding. We taught them Kids for Kicks. Oh, we ta- oh they love Kids for Kicks. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, so and then uh, Carrie Mouse is also well. Minneapolis has a lot of dancers. So Carrie and who did I just mention? Lynn are both from our area. Both teaching the same bar we used to teach in. A little bar in Egan called Starks. We taught in Starks for, oh, what, five or six years or something. And now Lynn and Carrie are both teaching one night a week at Starks. Um, so we do like to do their dances. I taught someone carries in. We taught them 85. Wow. <laughs> class of seniors and taught them 85. And one lady said, hitting kind of close to home, I'm 82. <laughs> well, we're not really saying I don't want to be 85. I just don't want to be 85 and realize I missed something. Yeah, she's right? got three more years to hit stuff. <laughs> right. yeah. She says, yeah, that's right. But, so we have an 82-year-old dancing the dance 85. So you can teach them what you want to teach them. There's, there's no limits. And so, you know, if you would have looked at, at which classes, do, which dances do I want to teach to this senior class, you probably wouldn't have chosen 85. Mm. But I danced with them for three or four months now over the winter, and I know they can handle it. And they can. They're doing just fine. So, um, yeah, the, the kids love everything. The adults more want to do what the other adults in town. So everybody's doing American Kids, so everybody's doing American Kids. Right. That's one thing you got to do. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking with Rob Holly, and he was mentioning how there are some of these crossover dances, like Lonely Drum and American Kids, where they're huge on the circuit, and they're huge in the bars. Yeah, yeah. Something about that special mix. Yeah. Yeah, and the... And the so the, we have the bar, we have the... Adult classes, and then this is, we don't we don't get out on the circuit here much, but we actually think of it as a three prong thing, right? The, the senior classes and the bar classes are totally different, true. Except that the bar where we taught is circuit dances because it's Carrie and Lynn teaching there, so we tend to bring more off circuit. But there there used to be some big bars there that were, uh, you know, Boot Scoot and Boogie and Neon Moon, and they had their four little dances, and that was what they did, and that's fine. It was absolutely great with us. So we would go there and dance the dances they danced, and then we'd go out on the circuit and dance a different set of dances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Megan and I have talked about that recently as well, how we went through a period of knowing all our local bars' dances and then finding the dances that were done at other bars and like just learning those, not trying to influence, not trying to change mm-hmm. anything, because we just that's all we knew, so we would just learn them. Then we found out about events and doing all the circuit dances. We're like, oh, we should bring these back. We should introduce these to the bar because otherwise we wouldn't have any, anywhere to dance them. And then after a while, we started going to so many events. We were like, you know what? I think maybe the bar's fine the way it is. We can just do these dances at the event. I'm so glad you came to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking this was going to go bad. No. Nope, that went good. Um, yeah, I've seen bars just go away because circuit dancers came back and said, you know what dances you should be doing here? And the bar, dancer, the bar dancers went, you mean other than the 12 dances we've been doing for the last 10 years while you weren't here? Mm. And the circuit dancers would come in and go, yeah. And that was the end of the bar. They would bring in the circuit dancers and dances and that would, they would push out the 12 bar dances and the, all the bar dancers would leave and all circuit dancers would leave and the bar would close. Yep. So, so yeah, it's tempting to bring back the circuit dances to your bar, 
I want to put out a warning there. Don't try that. It doesn't work. It doesn't end up well. So I'm glad you glad you realize there's a the place for everybody, but Absolutely. everybody doesn't have to be everywhere. Yeah. you got to have those regulars, the people who are there buying the food, buying the drinks, Absolutely. keeping the place in business. The, uh, the bar owner put the bar in place with something in mind. <laughs> he put the dance floor there thinking if I get 20 people to dance these same 12 dances six nights a week, I can continue to make money. That's right. You come in and mess with that, you're messing with somebody's livelihood. So, yep. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's finding that balance. I, I know that we've talked uh, to a few different DJs about like what they consider their job to be. And you know, depending whether they're um, you know, in the events and they say, um, you know, we just need to keep the floor full versus... You know, in the bars, it's like, ah, well, we want the floor full, but we also want to send them over to the bar. Right. That's when you put in, like, you know, a couple of circuit dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you clear it out. You have three or four people who know that dance. Everyone's like, well, I don't know this. I better go get a drink. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's all the money there. Yep. And then after that dance is over, people are like, I've been sitting too long. I need to do Cupid Shuffle. And he puts on Cupid Shuffle. That's a, Everyone's happy. When we were teaching in the bar, we'd, we would do that. We would choreograph the evening so people had to go get drinks now and then. And the bar, bar owner liked that a lot. Yep. <laughs> So, are there classics that you would like to see brought back, say, to these events during that, like, after midnight, late night set where you start seeing things like Splish Splash and Blue Finger Lou and, like, these dances? I love Blue Finger Lou. Oh, my God. Blue Finger Lou is one of the best ever. And that's another one of those names from the past. Max Perry and A.T. Kinson. He's, mm. We miss A.T. Kinson so much. He's passed away, unfortunately. But another great ballroom talent had more skill than most oh he's unbelievable skill levels in ballroom and a great teacher and a very nice man and it's just a shame but Bluefinger Lou is in uh, what's the other Hold Your Horses of course mm-hmm. everybody does that's another A.T. Kinson dance but um, it's it's just a treat to do Bluefinger Lou and we just love that but to name some classics is just there have been so many dances and you think back every once in a while you know, John mentioned this morning, it's this... Uh, oh, syncopated sy- rhythm. Syncopated oh, rhythm. I love that one. You go, oh, God, that was so much fun. Haven't danced it in years. But, you know, y- you can do that forever. You can just sit there and dredge up dances you used to do that. That one was so much fun. Got to move across the river. Was that the, what the name of the dance was? Uh, I think so. Um, uh, Michelle Perron has... Hmm. A, probably 8 or 10 or 12 dances we just loved. Michelle had some really great swingy, funky dances that we used to do. Any one of those you could bring back and people would just love it. Um, yeah, I, I know. off in all directions. Oh, this will be, oh, this will be another Max one. Then to Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole, this will be. And it has a touch and touch and kick and touch and kick and touch and touch and kick or something that the people would just scream with delight after they got through that sequence because it is so much fun to do that fast feet footwork sequence. And the, you, you, you watch recordings of that and the whole ballroom would just erupt in cheers just for that little eight count to kick and touch and touch and kick and whatever it was. Yeah. yeah we did Swamp Thing last night. That's oh, yeah. So there's another one. That's sort of the, uh, to me, that's one of the like electric slide ones where I could... Uh, do my taxes while I'm dancing it. You know, <laughs> my feet just do it automatically. Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing is automatic in my body. Um, what was it? Crazy Legs. Oh, Crazy Legs. Is that uh, under Greg Underwood? Yeah, Greg Underwood's yeah. Crazy Legs. Right now, my body is dancing Crazy Legs. I just hear the thing in my legs go pop, 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 pop,
I can just feel that in my body. It's so part of me. Why aren't we dancing crazy legs? It's so much fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but you can do that forever. And and however long you dance, you'll just keep remembering the ones you've left behind and you'll keep bringing them back. So I can't really name any, but all of them, everyone I've ever danced, would be great to try again once or twice. This happened recently at, uh, at Vegas Dance Explosion with Do Your Thing, where... Yeah, exactly. The arms. Joe requested it and not enough people knew it. And she looked so sad. She like walked out to the floor and then she looked around. No one was there. So she came off the floor and and Megan and I were like, this is wrong. We cannot let this happen again. So we learned it and then we we brought it to Florida Line Dance Classic and people there uh, knew it. So uh, the the next couple events, you know, we made, made a point of dancing that where, you know, people could see it and be like, oh yeah, we should learn that. We should teach that. That's yeah, how that happens. You dance at Contra with those everybody running across Every the floor direction. in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so much fun. Just love that one. But yeah, you just there's so many good dances gone by. But there's so many new dances coming up yet you haven't seen yet too. True. So it's just an endless thing. It'll continue. I hope. Mm-hmm. I was uh, told that I should learn Texas by Max Perry as well. Oh yeah. Oh the it, it has a, a cut the steps from the syllabus. Mm-hmm. Our syllabus. Actually, Max wrote the West Coast syllabus most. Yeah, Max wrote the whole West Coast syllabus. And so, if you look at the short version of the step sheet Max wrote for Texas, it's uh, syllabus pattern 6A, syllabus pattern 7B, syllabus pattern 9A, and syllabus pattern 10. That's it. That's how you write a step sheet in line dance sport language. But the last one, I think, is called Thompson's Turn, named after a a step Joe Thompson used to do in Dancing West Coast Swing with A.T. Kinson. So, yeah, Texas is a beautiful dance with a Thompson's Turn at the end. Very, very cool. And slow and slinky and along the floor like West Coast is supposed to be. It's just exactly how West Coast is supposed to feel. Yep, if you get a chance, learn Texas. That's a good one. I'm curious. Out of all the, the things you've seen, are are there any projects that you like? You mentioned with AI. Are there any projects that you wish somebody would take up? Something that's been on your wish list, but maybe the technology isn't there. Maybe the manpower isn't there. Um, definitely, we need manpower. I'd, I'm mm-hmm. th- trying to figure out how to crowdsource, but mm-hmm. um, you know, the, there's a place where you can add a music video to your step sheet. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the song. Here's the step sheet. Here's the song I want to use. There's one YouTube video that exactly is the right one that you want. You can connect that at Kick It. But there's 36,000 songs and only 3,000 videos. So we need 33,000 people to come step forward and make one connection each of the correct, you know. There's a lot of data missing at Kick It is the problem. It's choreographer, contact information, music videos, dance videos. People go there and say, yeah, I just learned this dance. Where's the video? It's like, I don't know. They talk to the choreographer. Maybe they, they'll make one and link it to me and kick it. Because that's what it's going to take. I can't do them all myself. And then, yeah, there's still 40,000 step sheets that need editing. So if we could crowdsource that, if AI can't do it, maybe we can crowdsource that. I just don't know. I'm unclear how to do that right now. Do you have any totally moonshot projects? Like I, every once in a while, maybe you've heard on the podcast, I'll bring up to Megan just this idea: line dance in space. Just thinking, like, what what would that entail? Like, how would the steps be different in the space station uh, when every wall is a possible wall? Yeah. Is there anything that you thought that's just way out there? Um, I don't know if it's way out there, but mm. there's there's all sorts of things I've been dabbling in. Mm. Um, 
there's the uh, this dance is very similar to that dance. Mm-hmm. So you, I can analyze all the dances and say this one is these two are exactly the same except for four counts. Mm-hmm. And so you'd say if you like that one, now is it true if you like that one you would like this one because maybe you would hate it mm-hmm. when you found out it's exactly the same but four counts different. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm reluctant to put something like that in place because it, there is a continuum of line dances. There's, there's the electric slide at 18 counts, 20 counts, 22 counts, 24 counts, 26 counts, and 28 counts. Mm. They're all the same steps plus a little extra or less or whatever. Nobody wants to learn all of those. Everybody wants to learn one of those. So I can put together a list and say this dance is like that, but then they go, I already know this. Why would I need to learn that? Mm-hmm. It's I already you know. So it's an exercise I can do, I already do it. There's just no point in it. You know. Mm-hmm. But with Kickish, with all the step sheets in Kickish, now I need someone to design me an animated avatar. Go to Pixar and tell them, say, give me one that just does a step right forward. Mm-hmm. Now, from the right, right foot stepped forward, this guy needs to do, be able to do a step left side, step mm-hmm. left forward, kick right, da 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 da. All the possible things you can do from every position, and it's a limit. Like I said, hundred, hundred words in the entire vocabulary. It's a limited vocabulary, but you got to go from every start position and do every one of those steps. And then just run the program, and it just creates videos of every single line dance mm-hmm. using little animated characters. Mm-hmm. I can't do that, but somebody should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm seeing, 360 cameras. I see you had one of those planted on the dance floor once. There's now one coming up, probably about a year away, mm-hmm. that you wear around your neck. It's a, like a ring around your neck, mm-hmm. three-quarters of the way around your neck. And so as you're dancing, you're taking a 360 video. Now, people could watch this. You're moving the same direction as everybody else on the floor as opposed to a stationary camera. People watching this on their phone, when they get to the turn, they would turn to a different wall and there would be a different person in front of them. Mm-hmm. Also turn the same way they just did. Yep. And you would, you could dance your whole night of dancing just on your phone, yeah. right? You would play one after another. I've got some of those on my YouTube channel. Uh, the 360 video, yep. but with a stationary camera. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish I could. I could. Yeah, yeah. I've, it, it, I, I've had people dance around it before, but it's not the same when it's like a tripod. Right, or, yeah. right. Yeah. And that's what you want to put on top of your head, or but this one around your neck seems mm. very natural. It's just not there yet. So that would be that would be a great thing to have. Um, probably don't know this, but at Kick It, there's a, you can play a YouTube playlist. When you first get to kick it, the first page has the uh, survey results, most known, most whatever. And there's little icons at the top that are video cameras and so forth. If you click on those, it take, it. here's the list of top 20 dances. It gives you a list from YouTube of the top 20 song, songs for those 20 dances, and you just play the playlist. Or videos of those top 20 dances, whichever ones I have links to. I'll play them. You just click there. So you can have your own dance night just by doing most dance to list and click the thing, and it just plays the 20 most dance songs for you, and you just start dancing, and a couple hours later, you're done. You know, it's it, a little more automated, a few more connections, and that could be kind of interesting. You put on a whole dance night just by hitting one button, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, you know, there's so many things you can do. I just... The thing you mentioned about the avatar, I, I actually attempted to do that since I don't have the kind of uh, graphics experience I would need. 
I thought, okay, super lo-fi. This thing is like nagging at the back of my mind. I have to do something about this. My two ideas were either one, I would just model everything, every foot position, and take a picture from every angle, hmm. and then say, this is a toe. <laughs> and then anytime toe comes up, like that right toe, yeah. that it goes with that. And I thought, well, that would take a long time. So I bought a Spider-Man action figure with all these different joints. And I thought, that'll be easier, because then he can stand there as long as I want him to. But then when I tried to have him actually stand up, it, he wasn't able to articulate all the fine movements uh, yeah. that happened. So he would only be able to do like absolute basic dances. Mm-hmm. And even then, crossing the legs over to do something basic like a grapevine, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's plastic, so it's not really meant for that. And so I, I, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If I knew how to do that... we got we to gotta find mm-hmm. those people. There's somebody out there who can do this. I just don't know who they are. And they're not in line dancing, apparently, or they would have contacted me by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I was trying to do recently to simplify uh, the the idea of like having like a walking. Uh, let's say you're doing a turn. Uh, I was creating a, a step sheet or a spreadsheet recently with all of these basic combinations of just two counts. So if you have walk walk versus walk hold versus walk toe or something like that, walk, step uh, recover whatever. Yeah. It got tricky once I got into the turns because I, I do not want to have to do like walk right turn walk left or something like that. So I thought, what is a better like? Could we do this with math? Could we say like ninety degree versus? versus 270 now people don't like that they're not gonna could you do like away from the toe could you do acute angle versus obtuse so I'm, I'm, I'm also working with that trying to figure out well, like, how to you, standardize if that. you go under the miscellaneous menu in the kickish area at kick it the entire vocabulary is there mm. you can see every single word just a giant list mm-hmm. all you gotta do is model all of those there's only like 1200 of them mm-hmm. <laughs> so good luck with that <laughs> I gotta start sometimes so it's just one, one uh, term at a time yeah yeah huh well, so you got uh, you've got all the classics out there, and I wanted to be sure to ask you about that. Um, I, I see on your list here floor installer. I want to be sure oh. that we don't miss a single task in the line oh. dance world. Yeah, uh, I've, I've done that. The- I've done floor installing. I have uh, uh, a syllabus creator. We talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we were interviewed on Dutch TV when we competed in the Netherlands oh, at wow. Worlds. The Dutch TV came through and interviewed us for Dutch TV. I don't know what they were saying in Dutch, <laughs> but Beth did okay, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, as ballroom, when we moved, switched over to ballroom, we were the uh, we ran the ballroom dance program for Social Dance Studio. So there was a local place that did social dance of all types, and one of the types was ballroom, and they had us to do the social. So we taught it. Is Lifetime Fitness everywhere? I don't know. You know Lifetime Fitness is a health club up there. That's you know it's a chain of health clubs. So we taught ballroom at the Lifetime Fitness clubs all over the Twin Cities for a couple of years, maybe a year, something like that. Um, yeah, the lessons we took, we took ballroom lessons from a big, big, um, Tony Redpath and Michael Mead did all their, um, smooth, American smooth, which is waltz, Viennese waltz, uh, tango, uh, we never did quick step, foxtrot, and then our, our good friends from Phoenix were, uh, Decho and Brie, Decho Krayev and Brie Watson are three-time, three years world professional champions in American Standard. They taught us all our American Standard details, uh, Cuban motion and stuff, but our main coach was a guy in the Twin Cities named Nathan Daniels, who was there. He did all the videos for us for years and years, so national cha-cha champion, now known, renowned worldwide, I guess, as a ballroom judge. He's a big deal on the judging circuit. Um, 
Nathan was our, we took lessons with Nathan for years and years and years and years, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. I think we totaled them up, it was like 1,500 hours of ballroom dance lessons we've had from Nathan and his friends, and the, I guess that ballroom dance camp, you go to dance camp for a week and work your butt off. And that's that's uh, different than here. Here you can dance, you can get up and take lessons from 9 in the morning and then dance until 2 at night, mm-hmm. 2 in the morning. Can't do that in ballroom dance lessons because you work your butt off in ballroom <laughs> dance class. Cuban motion for an hour will wipe you out. Mm-hmm. Then you're going, oh, great, now I have bolero class. Now I have Viennese waltz class. Now I have oh, one after another after another. They just kill you. So it gets to be 5 p.m. You just go fill the bathtub with ice and sit your feet in it and turn on the TV as loud as you can and just sit there and go, I am in such pain. And then get up the next morning at 8 a.m. and do it again. So you only go 8 to 5, but boy, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately or fortunately, line dancers don't work that hard on the, during the day. I guess it's great to go up till 2 in the morning dancing over and over and over again. But yeah, it was a whole different world. Ballroom's a whole different world. So. Speaking of 5 p.m., I have a few final questions to okay. let you get on to the dinner hour. Yeah. Uh, if there is a message that you would like to put out to the entire line dance universe, what what would you want people to be thinking about, or maybe something they can consider doing at home or at events? Um, uh, it's more like a philosophy thing. Mm-hmm. Is um, dance with Hubronia? Um, hire Max. Mm-hmm. You know, he he made he made. I, I don't know if Max. I didn't talk to Max about this. Maybe he's not available, mm-hmm. but. He made line dancing what it is, and they seem to have forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. But more important to me, support Kick It. <laughs> it's twenty dollars. <laughs> Currently, you can you can let's see ten step sheets a day at Kick It without paying anything. Which most people who don't pay anything don't need to see more than ten step sheets a day. But if you want to see unlimited, it's twenty dollars a year, which is cheap as far as I know, but $20 a year. And if you send cash rather than a check or credit card, you get $20 gets you 13 months instead of 12 months. So oh. that's even a better deal. So, you know, uh, kick has been around a long time, and and when other step sheet websites came in and started giving away step sheets for free, it sort of ended kick it and Line Dancer Magazine from charging $20 a year, because why spend 20 when you can get it for free? But, uh... You know, you got to kind of remember where Kickit invented step sheets online, really. Mm-hmm. We came up with the format. We decided what's in the headers, and everybody follows that today. Where the numbers go, what words to use, how the headers work, how the footers work, everything about step sheets were... It wasn't me alone. There were plenty of people. There were me, a uh, couple in, you know, Dusty, Dusty and Gloria in Florida. There's Don Diney in Illinois. And a couple in Texas. A couple in Australia. There's Line Denser Magazine. There's a, certain groups, and we all shared the step sheets. Everybody passed them around. We all t- took part in the discussions on what should go into step sheets and so forth. And once somebody came along and just took all of our work and put it on the line for free, all of us were forgotten all at the same time. It's just such a shame. It's like, uh, you got to remember where your past came from. But I'd start that with Max Perry. And, um, there's so many names. I can't even, I don't want to even start naming names, but there's so many people that seem to have just been left behind. And you go, God, I wish they weren't left behind. Kick it's one of them. I wish Kick it wasn't left behind. 
there's still big expenses running Kicket. It's way more than I'm willing to carry for much longer. But mm. one quick story about an expense. I don't know if we have much Go time right ahead. left, but um, people who followed Kicket for a long time know it's been completely redesigned in the last couple of years. It looks radically different now than it did four years ago. And the reason that happened is before you could see all the step sheets you wanted without telling me who you were. Anonymous visitors could get all the step sheets except for the ones new in the last 90 days. Somebody in Denmark, Copenhagen specifically, I got their IP address, so I can't tell who it is because they didn't have to give me their name, downloaded all of the step sheets in two days. They wrote a script that went pow, 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 and just banged away on the website and my database and the servers for two solid days no one else could get a step sheet out it was essentially a denial of service a attack. DDoS attack yeah. yeah it wasn't really they had it was a script running very specific running grabbing every step sheet one after the other so it wasn't like a DDoS a random DDoS attack mm. they had a very specific goal in mind to get all those step sheets and they did it took them two days to get all 89,000 or whatever it was at the time so that month, my bill, there was an extra $8,000 charge on the bill for my monthly. Oy. You you killed our servers for two days. That'll cost you eight grand. You went, ugh. Had to pay it. Otherwise, kick it goes away completely. So, I mean, it happens. And so we had to change it. Now you have to sign in. You have to give me your email address at least before you get to look at step sheets because I need to know who to send the bill to. Mm. Not that they would pay it, but, you know, it's just uh, no more anonymous visitors. So... You know, people take advantage. I don't know if that's taking advantage or just doing what I allowed them to do. You know, I, I made it possible to get to download ninety thousand step sheets in two days. Why not do it? So yeah. it was available. Why not? Hmm. Well, that sounds rough. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. You, you don't think about the behind the scenes work that goes into mm-hmm. something like that, and like yeah. what the consequences are of things yeah. like that. Hmm. Well. If people wanted to wire you $8,000, for example, or if they wanted to contact you online, what would be the best way that people could communicate uh, Obviously, with you? just go to Kickit. The footer of every page at Kickit has our contact information. But I am Peter at Kickit.to, and Beth is Beth at Kickit.to. And that's the easiest for email. And then there's, I think there might be addresses and phone numbers there in the footer. Of, you know, it doesn't, the address isn't there, but it says contact information. You click on it. It's on the footer of every page at Kickit. What does the TO stand for? What is that domain? It's the uh, island nation of Tonga. Hmm. Island kingdom of Tonga. There's a king of Tonga. Hmm. And originally the website was kickit.to slash me. Kick it to me. Oh. And it was a soccer website. And all I did was use soccer at kick it to me. And then I went, kick it works good for line dancing too. So since I'm putting all my step sheets online, why don't I put them on Kick It as well? Because there's even a Shania Twain song that starts with her saying, Kick It. Hmm. And our duo that we used to compete, when we competed as duos, the name of our duo was Kick It. And our song always started with Shania going, Kick It! And then it would start whatever our routine was. So, um, that, so it's kickit.tonga, which... Obviously, there's not probably not a lot of servers in Tonga. It's a server in a basement in San Francisco where the Tonga consulate is or something. <laughs> I'm not sure the details. But, yeah, I pay the government of Tonga a little fee every now and then to let me keep my .to Help extension. support their economy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 
So I guess one and a half, we'll say, final questions. One uh, sort of related to the question I had earlier. Whose step sheets should we be modeling ours after? Like, In addition to people who are just talented at you know, choreographing dances, coming in with all the, the right fits, who has the most efficient, clearest, uh, easiest to read step sheets uh, without any alterations made to them, uh, just but like as they write them, uh, and whose formatting do you uh, would you especially endorse? Because I know that for Megan and myself, we go by Rachel. Just mm-hmm. she's got the columns. Uh, you can find the where your wall is. Yeah, uh, I, I like that format. Mm-hmm. I like Rachel's format, but I can't make that fit at Kick It because that rightmost column where the clock site clock directions are would be empty for ninety eight percent of the step sheet. Right, I'd have a big empty column there. Also. Uh, John Robinson has uh, between the numbers one and two, and the steps. Shazay's side. He has right or side together side. He has a little Q step of Q the words. Calling suggestions. Hmm? The calling suggestions. Yeah, the calling suggestions yeah. column on his step sheet oh, right those. before the words. That's such a great idea, but I can't do that at Kick It because there would be this giant empty space on every step sheet except for John's. Yeah. So I like John's calling suggestions. I like uh, Rachel's numbers out there, but for the wording itself, by far the best is, and who I modeled Kickets after, is Peter Metelnik and Allison Biggs. Mm. Peter and Allison step sheets are always correct, always worded simply, perfectly, exactly reflecting what the dance is supposed to do. I hardly ever touch anything on those things. They're just, they just come to me correct. Mm. So people in England should be happy. Yes. Yeah, sounds like they've got a solid product over there. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, last question. Is there a dance that you would recommend everybody go out and learn right now? Oh, my favorite question of yours. <laughs> everybody goes, oh, I don't know. I know exactly. <laughs> Since we're at a workshop, you just pull up the workshop schedule and you go, what's being taught next? And that's it. <laughs> to, to me, a, st- a dance is a dance is a dance at this point, right? They're, they're so similar. Maybe the next one you take will be a big hit, the one that fits you the best, the one you just love, or maybe not. But just go out and take a lesson. So, you know, take the next lesson you can find is the message. And I'm not going to name a dance because it's whatever the next lesson is that's near you. Hmm. Go to your senior center, go to your bar, go to your wherever they're teaching line dancing. Take the next lesson you can find and see if that's the one for you. Well, in that case, let's see what is uh, coming up here. We have, actually, there is one special, one final dance that's being taught tonight at 9 o'clock. That is Bad Girl Barbie, choreographed by oh, Megan Barcelia. I got, I got and, the step uh, sheet for that today. It came across to Kick It just this morning. I haven't, I haven't worked on it yet. Oh, okay. Maybe I should have worked that up and put it on Kick It before. The, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got lunch to go. There's somewhere to go to. All right. But, yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting philosophy. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank you so much for sitting down uh, with with us here on Line Dance Podcast, both Beth and Peter. A delight, a delight. And uh, you know, I hope to see you at future events. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, I'll see you on the dance floor. <laughs>